This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for bringing your people to the house of God, that we can draw near in worship, that we can give unto you, Lord, what is due unto you, and we can receive from you, Lord, that which can change our lives. This morning, we ask of you, Father, that you'll fill us, Lord, with your word, nourish us with your word. Thank you, Pa. Equip us with your word. Change us by your word, the power of your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pa. Thank you, Jesus. Move in our midst. Minister to your people. Open our hearts. Open our eyes to see wonderful things. Things that we've not, not considered before. Maybe things that we have ignored before. Things that we have pushed aside before. Bring it to our attention, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Father. Let joy abound in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. This is the year of great rejoicing. Amen. And the Lord has been teaching us a lot of things so, so that we can make it a reality. Say a reality. And more than just a phrase. It's good to we can, can keep saying this is the year of great rejoicing, this is the year of great rejoicing. But you have to realize that God wants us to make it a, real, a reality. Amen. And he is teaching us how to make it a reality. And I was, uh, you know, after practice morning, we just, you know, just plug in and play a little while before we uh, start our service. After that, you know, I was just with the intercessory team as they were praying. And uh, Brother King was leading in prayer. And he was saying how, how the Lord is teaching us to be joyful. Do you know that God is teaching us to be joyful? Now, he is teaching us about uh, so many things that we can be joyful. When we, we are being taught about the grace of God. We are being taught about the, the righteousness of God. We are being taught about the Beatitudes. A lot of things. Now, everything, is to, everything is so that we can be joyful. Do you know that God, do you know that God, it is His will that you be joyful? Some of you are not very sure. Because we are still, you know, we have all these weird ideas, you know, that we should, we should be in gloom. Christian life is all about gloom and sadness. It's about receiving gloom and sadness and, and misery from the Lord. No. And I, I, I want to keep repeating it till you get it, till you start preaching about it. This life that you and I have in the Lord, this Christian life that you and I have in the Lord is a life full of joy. Every Christian must bleed joy. Sweat joy, spit joy, smell joy. Overflowing, that's right. You must ooze with joy. Your life must be oozing with joy. You know, I tell my son, you know, he's at that age where, you know, he's thinking too much. You know that, you know, there are certain age that you think too much and you want to, you're pondering this. I, sometimes I call him the, the, the philosopher. He's thinking too much. So, and I can see a very serious stoic face uh, you know, that comes upon him. And I, I still keep reminding, Dami, you're a Christian. Where is your joy? Man, smile. And I go after him, smile. Smile. Every time he, he looks angry, I tell him, smile, Jesus loves you. Now the sisters are on his case. They also tell him, Achcha, smile, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Amen. And that's how we must live. We have to maintain this attitude of joy. J say joy. joy. 
and you, you, you must be convinced that Jesus wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be joyful in life. He wants our lives to be full of joy. He did not shed his blood. He did not die on the cross so that we, you and I can live in sadness. He died for you and I so that we can live in joy. That's right. Rejoice in the Lord. It's an instruction in the Bible. Let's, let's just turn to, I was not planning to say this, but I'm reminded of one verse in John chapter 15. I just, I just read this yesterday and I made a note of this. John, John chapter 15 verse 11. No, Jesus is talking about abide in me and, you know, abide in the wine, abide in me. All those things. He was, he was uh, talking to his disciples. Abide in me and let my words abide in you and ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. He was giving all those instructions. And then in verse 11, he said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Hallelujah. God, Jesus has spoken to us so that his joy can be in us. I don't feel like not at all. Like, what? Do you know what's the joy that is in Christ? In the song that says, he's the real joy giver. And I want you to know that Jesus was full of joy. You know, contrary to all the images that we have, some of us have, we are so used to those serious looking faces. Very straight-jacketed Jesus, that's what we are used to. Stern-faced Jesus, that's what we are used to. But the truth of the matter is he was full of joy. And the people wanted to hang out with him. They wanted to eat with him. They wanted to drink with him. They wanted to go party with him. You know why? He was full of joy. He was full of joy. They wanted to travel with him. He was full of joy. Jesus was not a boring person. I said Jesus was not boring. He was not boring at all. He was not. I'm telling you the truth. Some are like, are you sure about that? The way some of us Christians live our lives, you know, others think that Christianity is the most, most boring thing anybody can get into. That's how boring we look. That's right, and I'm telling you the truth. You know, some of us Christians look so bored. We look so bored. But look at this. The very purpose of Jesus interacting with his disciples and him giving us the word is so that his joy can be in us. And I want you to know that Jesus smiles. Today morning, you mentioned something about smiling. It was between us. Something about the smile of God. Something about the smile of God. You, you, you must realize God, God is smiling at us. That's right. Something was mentioned here. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy the smile of God. The smile of God. This is always smiling. He's smiling. You, you bring a smile to his face. I hope Jesus brings a smile to your face. Hallelujah. When he thinks about you, he smiles. When you think about Jesus, what do you do? Or you think about him. If you really think about Jesus, you will smile. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, smile, Jesus loves you. 
if there's anybody in your family who's not smiling enough keep irritating them with this line smile jesus loves you amen hallelujah and now that's the, the that's the motto of my life you know i i keep telling that over and over smile jesus loves you because i found myself be to be very serious at times so to overcome that i realized that this is the best way to go about it remember he loves me smile hallelujah jesus loves me amen let's read from john chapter 16 also i think was was 11 no sorry verse 23 john 16 verse 23 and in that day you will you will ask me no no question truly truly i say to you if you shall ask the father for anything he will give it to you in my name we've been hearing a lot about his name today until now you have asked for nothing in my name ask and you'll receive that your joy may be made full hallelujah that your joy may be made full some of you are not asking and when you go through trials you are still you are you are, you are cribbing you are crying you are complaining you are murmuring you are you are throwing tantrums you know why because you are not asking you're not asking for the joy of the lord amen i wanted to realize that so much of so much of revelation is being poured into our lives by the holy spirit so much of word is being poured into our lives i don't know how many of you are really taking stock of it how many of you are really gathering it in but you know either you are receiving it or not that's the truth either you're receiving the word that is coming your way or you're not and i don't expect to like they say sit on the fence and don't expect to benefit sitting on the fence and sadly many people are like that they're sitting on the fence expecting to benefit i hope when you come to church you're not sitting on the fence you all will say no we are sitting on the chairs it's a, it's a figure of speech i hope you're not sitting on the the bench when it comes to god's word either you're receiving god's word or you're not there's no middle ground there's no there's no middle ground either you're receiving the word of god wholeheartedly and applying it into your life and and living by it or you're not now you can come here sunday after sunday friday after friday or you know whichever day we meet and go back the that's the exact same way you came in if you're sitting on the fence you know some of you are so happy where you are and what you have spiritually today that you're least mindful of where you going to be and what you going to be tomorrow some of you are so happy and content spiritually the way you are today and what you have today spiritually that is your self evaluation not the spirit's evaluation your self evaluation that you are not even bothered about where you going to be desire to grow spiritually desire to grow now you can never stop growing in the kingdom you can never stop growing in the kingdom now there are people who are one year old in the lord there are people who are five years in the lord 10 years in the lord maybe 20 years in ministry 30 years in ministry doesn't matter if you are in the lord you have to keep growing the lord brings about growth and desire to grow have a heart to grow that should be that's right that should be a number one priority in life the very purpose of you connecting with believers and coming to church and being a part of service and in all those things that you do as a christian is that you may grow amen 
and put that desire in your children that they may grow spiritually man push them to sunday school kick their butt if you have to but let them go to sunday school teach them god's word that's right teach them god's word don't feed them unless they speak the verse be strict about these things because see listen it is the word that makes you what you're supposed to be that's what you this is what you must understand it is the word that makes you what you're supposed to be not your connections not your planning not your uh, you know not any of those things not your education not your training it's the word the word the word is what will make you what you're supposed to be in the kingdom of god the word now you are what you are today because of the word if you have become something that is you are what you are today because you you've received word in the past and you're going to be what you are going to be in the future based on what you're going to receive now and i've said this before i'm going to say it over and over and over and over god's word has the potential to make you what it says about you no university has the potential to make what it says about you they will all falter at some point or the other no school no college can make you what they say about you they can give you a degree they can give you a diploma they can give you something that they can offer but they cannot give you what they they've offered to you they cannot fulfill their promise word by word to word but god's word can make you what it says about you it's got the potential the power to transform your life to shape your life hallelujah now that's exciting you know that that is the reason that we must listen to god's word that's the reason why we must meditate on god's word man be given to god's word hallelujah you know i i i one of the lessons that the world should have learned and i hope some of at least some not just the world people in the world that is includes you and i okay i'm i'm talking about human beings one of the lessons that one of the okay the main lesson that men should have learned in these last couple of years 2020 2021 2022 this last few years the main lesson that they should have learned should have been that everything that you have now everything that you have now can become irrelevant just like that everything that you see now that you have yours that that you have with yourself everything that you think you have can become irrelevant like this the only thing that remains is what you receive from the lord that's the only thing that remains everything else can become irrelevant one one eeny meeny virus can change everything one government rule can change everything one this can change everything but what you receive from the lord will remain it'll stay with you amen hallelujah tell your neighbor shake your neighbor first you shake your neighbor then i'll tell you what you should, you must say shake shake that person hard shake shake and tell your neighbor god's word is the most critical thing okay let me correct myself 
your response to god's word is the most critical thing in your life hallelujah i hope you got it your response to god's word is the most critical thing in your life nothing else matters actually nothing matters nothing really matters okay you can all everything else can be just frills you know extras the extras which can be done away with may need be need not be like it's up to you but your response to god's word is the most critical thing in your life what you do with the word that came to you is the most critical thing in your life that is more relevant than anything that you have you can show me millions of rupees or millions of dollars million always goes to dollars millions of dollars or billions of dollars in your account but i will tell you your response to god's word exceeds the value of the money that you have the wealth that you possess the skills that you have that's why i keep saying this you know i've i've said this over and over i've said this you know that you might be in the lowest of lows you must be at the lowest point that you've ever been but if you have a word that you receive from the lord if you have a word that you're holding on to which speaks about your tomorrow you're sorted that's right that's right you can rejoice already rejoice because you have received the word from god you can rejoice because you know what's going to be the outcome of your trial hallelujah the reason we we go through trials with a long face and a tearful eyes because we we don't we cannot we cannot remember what we received from the lord because we have not retained the word that came to us not because god didn't speak to us because we didn't listen properly we didn't pay attention properly and we did not retain the word which came to us hallelujah your response to god's word is the most critical thing the most critical thing i you you won't believe this me even this this week i experienced this something not at all connected to what i i do like not directly connected to me the lord spoke to me concerning that that thing that i am not going to explain what it is god spoke to me about that thing and a day later i'm hearing a headline which talked about that it happened today also by the way that's right he he speaks to us in advance so we'll be ready we'll be prepared we can rejoice hallelujah amen do you have a word from the lord are you going through a situation the only question you need to ask is do i have a do i have a word from god you might be a laughing stock today you might be rejected and ridiculed by people today you might be despised by people today you might be uh, overlooked and bypassed and sidelined and kicked around by people today people may not see any value in you you might be too small and insignificant in the eyes of man but everything can change overnight overnight with the snap at the snap of finger everything can change if you have word from god show me your word i'll tell you where you're going to go the word look at your word that tells you where you're going to be and what you're going to be amen look at the word of god it will make you what it says about you it will not lie 
everything responds to the word of god everything in your life will align to the word of god the stars will align to the word of god the sun moon and stars the planets the rivers the seas the the, the birds the the beasts of the field everything will align governments will align to the word of god everything will align to the word of god now you might be in the it might be the most bleak situation that you ever face but i'm telling you if you have a word from god everything will align to the word of god everything will align because god's word will bring order divine order amen it'll put things in perspective it'll put things together the way it is supposed to be hallelujah you have a need and you you're looking at next year and you have a need about next year and you don't see anything in your hands don't worry if you have a word you will be sorted i'm telling you this is from my life my my testimony every time it'll it'll, it'll work it'll work god's word will work it'll work it'll do its work it'll do what it says it will not lie you can god is speaking to somebody very specifically listen you can trust your life to god's word Amen. you can trust your life with god's word you can trust your life with the grace of god Amen. you can do that Amen. i'm telling you there's nothing or no one that you can trust your life with but with god's word you can trust your life entirely on that he will prepare a table for you in, in front of your enemies Amen. He will anoint your head with oil. Your cup will overflow. If he said he will do it, he will do it. He will do it. I'm telling you, he will do it. Hallelujah. He will do it. Now you might be seeing enemies. You might be seeing confusion. You might be seeing lack. You might be going through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm telling you, if he said he will do it, he will do it. The word will do what it says about you. It will not lie. Trust in the word of God. Trust in the word of God. listen to the word of god it will not lie it will not lie god's word will not lie okay what would you look into last week we were looking at uh, we've been looking at grace we were on this topic called grace and last week we especially looked at the fact that grace is our teacher and we find our teacher in grace and i i wanted to correct the holy spirit wanted to correct our understanding regarding trials now we we are so used to hearing people say i've been through this so i've learned i've been through poverty so i've learned from my poverty i've been through sickness so i've learned from my sickness i learned from this i learned from that situation i'm telling you none of those situations can teach you anything it's the grace of god that teaches you to overcome your situations hallelujah Let's read that verse from Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. Ready? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. In Christ Jesus the grace of God has appeared to all men. But it is teaching us, say teaching us, believers, say believers, teaching us that, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in the present age amen 
so the grace of god is teaching us to deny ungodliness it is teaching us to deny worldly lust is also teaching us to live soberly righteously and godly in this present age in every situation that you're going through the the grace of god will teach you to live soberly to be sober not to be shaken but to be sober to be composed the grace of god will teach us to be righteous to make righteous decisions to act in righteousness amen the grace of god will teach us to walk in godliness the character of god will be at display in you even when you go through trials amen hallelujah it says the grace of god will teach say teach say teach what do you teach what is the meaning of the word teach i want you to look at the word teach what does it mean to teach somebody so grace of god will teach you instruct that's right the grace of god will instruct the, the word of the lord says i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you amen instruct to teach means to instruct what else does teach mean huh to to remove the ignorance and bring light amen to remove the ignorance to teach means to illuminate to educate what does teach mean teacher that's right to tell how something must be done to train to teach means to train yes to illustrate that's right to teach the grace of god will illustrate to us it will illustrate to us amen it will demonstrate to us it it will make a teacher will always make things simple to understand the grace of god will make things simple for us to understand to follow what else teach means to impart wisdom teach means to impart wisdom the grace of god will impart wisdom for the situation that you're going through in fact the book of james is talking about wisdom from god in fact the next verse talks about that if any man lacks wisdom let him that's the word let him we just looked at word that word earlier also ask that your joy may be made full when you go through trials ask him for wisdom that your joy may be made full in your trials are you getting this are you getting this don't embrace your trial ask god for wisdom he will impart the grace of god will impart wisdom as you go through situations what else teach means to me yes teach means to correct that's right and an important facet of teaching is correction the grace of god will correct us hallelujah you know each of this can be a sermon in itself you know that each of these words that you said can be a sermon the grace of god will correct you to deny ungodliness to deny worldly lust and to live soberly righteously and godly in this present age it'll correct us it'll correct our footsteps it'll correct our actions it'll correct our understanding and our thinking what else teach means it means to mentor teach means to mentor the grace of god will mentor you hallelujah i'm telling you, the grace of god is a mentor in our lives a mentor always with us mindful of what we are going through a mentor you know, the, the thing about having a mentor is you open your life to your mentor the mentor can see things in your life that is mentorship 
the grace of god is something to which you can open your life and the grace of god will expose everything about your life and put everything in order hallelujah will teach us say teachers the teacher hallelujah who is your teacher holy spirit is your teacher right who is your teacher the grace of god the anointing will teach you all things man is a good teacher hallelujah now i have a i have a few questions i don't know whether you've considered these questions in in like you know on your own first question to you why do some christians struggle so much in life and the question to you why do some christians remain bound by the challenges that they face for most of their lives that for a long time why do some christians go from failure to failure why do some christians have to live as victims of their of their circumstances and these are real questions by the way i didn't make up these questions these are questions that i have been asked some of these questions i just paraphrased it so that you you know you you'll understand what i'm talking about i've been asked these questions in ministry i've been asked these questions by people and why do why do why do i always fail why do i go from failure to failure why do i have to live as a victim of the circumstance i don't i can't do anything about what i am you know why do i uh, i i i i live with struggles all my life i'm always struggling i'm talking about christians i'm not talking about the world okay the the answer to the, the if people were people in the world were asking us those questions about their situations it is different we know why but why christians why christians and by now you should have your an- your answer because we have explained that enough because they have not realized the role of grace in their lives and i told you earlier i don't know whether you remember this i told you that it is possible to nullify the grace of god the instruction in the bible do not nullify the grace of god that it, it comes to you in vain you must not nullify the grace of god in every situation the grace of god is available to you if you don't respond if you don't understand you don't recognize that the grace of god is coming to your help you can nullify the grace of god so you go from struggle to struggle from failure to failure the number two reason that they have the, the to the answer to these questions that we just asked is they've embraced their trials they've embraced their troubles and have started living with it they're not looking for a way out they're not lo- looking for uh, you know a deliverance out of it a breakthrough out of that situation they are living with their trials they are living with their troubles they made their trials their very own hmm that's right they are accommodated they've given space for the troubles and the trials to stay in their lives talks about the devil give, being given a foothold now we just we just learned over the past two weeks that count it all joy my brethren or consider it all joy my brethren when you face various encounters when you encounter various trials by now you have learned that it is not about passively suffering through trials all of you have learned that okay all of you have learned that 
Have you all learned that? If you've been coming here for the past few weeks, I hope by now you've learned that. Count it all joy does not mean to put on a fake smile when you go through trials. Count it all joy does not mean that you pretend everything is okay when things are not okay. It is not about passively enduring or passively suffering through your trials. But it is about actively, being spiritually active and commanding a joyous outcome in every trial that you're going through. Amen. Leading yourself into an outcome of joy. And I also told that you do not learn from your trials. You can learn in your trials, not from your trials. You can learn in your trials if you submit yourself to the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a scripture. Let's, let's turn to Psalm 84. Are you all here? Are you all happy? Excited? Are you receiving from the Lord this morning? Okay, let's read from verse 1. How lovely are thy dwelling places, O Lord of, o Lord of hosts! My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of my Lord, of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How blessed are those who dwell in thy house. They are ever praising thee. How blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appear before God in Zion. Hallelujah. I think we'll... No, let's keep going. Oh Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God... And look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand in the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of righteousness. Oh. In the tents of? I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. A Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in thee. Man, hallelujah. Now, who is this? Okay, first question. Is this scripture relevant to you? Okay, you all agree on that? You all agree on that? The scripture is relevant to you? Is it talking about a stranger or is it talking about you? I want all of you to answer. Okay, if you're convinced, you can say it's about me. No, I want you to understand this scripture, this psalm, it's a prophetic psalm. When you read the language of this psalm, you'll realize that it is talking, talking so much about the born again believer. It's talking so much about the born again believer. Okay, some of you are lost there. It is talking so much about the born again. This scripture is a prophetic psalm. About a believer. About the church. Amen. How blessed. 
are those who dwell in thy house they are ever praising you who is that who are the ones who are dwelling in the house of god and in fact today morning we open by speaking about that we been included in the house of god amen god has included us in the house of god we are in the house of god can anybody take us out of the house of god now can anybody take us out of the house of god now we are that's right we ourselves are the house of god by the way you know that you're the house of god and therefore ever praising you it goes on to say how blessed is the man whose strength is in thee who is that who is that it's a believer say believer it's talking about the born again christian how blessed is the man whose strength is in god what is it talking about what do you mean by strength is in god let me see if you've been paying attention what do you mean when the bible says a person's strength is in god so where is your strength in god what about your own strength no use so where is your strength from so where is your ability from whose ability are you running on so what is that say grace is talking about a person who's been filled with the grace of god how blessed is the one who's been graced by god whose strength is in god that's what it means how blessed is the person who's got the grace of god in their lives it's not your ability anymore it's the grace of god it's the ability of god amen how blessed is the man whose strength is in thee in whose heart are the highways to zion what is zion what is zion that's the believer what is zion zion is the city of god the dwelling place of god zion is the dwelling place of god new testament believer where is the dwelling place of god this is the dwelling place of god you are zion o city of god tell anybody you are zion call him as zion call him one more time call her one more time six zion zion not zain zain is in trivandrum okay that zain 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 okay zain city of god you are the city of god so this this psalm is talking about zion it's talking about the believer it's talking about the born again christian it's talking about you and me how blessed is the man whose strength is in thee in whose heart so where is the law of god written now heart we learned all that just a few weeks back by the way hallelujah in the tablet of our hearts the law of god has been inscribed where is it leading us to to zion the city of god in our hearts are the ways of zion the instructions of a christian living is is in our hearts now are you getting this are you with me is talking about you so next time you read psalm 84 you teach psalm 84 you must okay that is about me how blessed is the man whose strength is in thee that is me in whose heart are the highways to zion some of you don't know that zion is a believer 
you still think zion is a place somewhere zion is about the believer the scripture when whenever you see the word zion it's talking about the born again christian it's about you and i that's a prophetic depth of scripture you're the city of god great things are spoken of you o city of god glorious things are spoken of you o city of god you are zion let's keep going you know what is it what is so peculiar about this 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 psalm which is about us it's about the man who strengthens in 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 god is about the man who who's got the grace of god it's about the man in whose heart are the highways to zion the born again christian passing through the valley of baka what is the valley of baka huh say it loud if you know it can say it loud the baka the valley of baka is the valley of weeping okay baka means weeping passing through the valley of baka they pretend everything is okay passing through the valley of baka they fake a smile to hide away the pain is that what the scripture says you must tell me i am reading scripture if i am wrong correct me passing through the valley of baka they make believe that everything is all right okay i am stopping is that what your bible says passing through the valley of baka they do nothing about it and suffer in silence is that what the bible says then what is your bible saying say it out loud passing through the valley of baka they make it a spring you're going through the valley of weeping if you're going to do nothing about it it's your problem because the bible says they make it a spring you make it a spring not your neighbor not your pastor you make it a spring you on weeping you weep all your life the joy of the lord is my strength joy is the christian portion he has spoken to us that our joy may be made full don't cry christian it's a shame on you it's an anomaly to cry as a christian to continue weeping with your misery if you're not going to do anything about your misery it's a shame on you you have not understood the christian life that's why passing through the valley of weeping they make it a spring what are you doing about your valley of weeping you're faking it you're smiling that everything is all right you're sleeping on it you're enduring it you're accommodating the valley of weeping in your life is that what you're doing then that's what you're going to get for the rest of your life hello are you all here are you all here passing through the valley of weeping they make it a spring a spring of joy a well spring of joy now don't complain we we spoke about that this morning also don't hide behind your excuses you don't know about my life i'm going through so much of trouble i'm going through so much of struggle i'm going through so much of pain i'm going through so much of sickness i'm going through this situation i'm i'm going through lack and poverty that's your excuse to not do what god has called you to do but if you are the believer that you are supposed to be you will make the valley of baka a spring of joy a spring of joy Hallelujah
how complacent we have become how laid back we have become how ignorant we have become and not doing anything about the situations that we go through and embracing the trials and keeping it as your own for the rest of your life that is not wisdom if any man lacks wisdom hello listen to this if any man lacks wisdom as to how to deal with your trial let him ask of god and god will give him the wisdom to do what to make your valley of weeping a spring of joy hallelujah nothing is springing forth in your life do something about it nothing is happening it's a valley of weeping all you can see is tears 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 flooded with tears you know why you're not doing anything about it ask god for wisdom let the grace of god instruct you amen because your strength is not in you your strength is in thee in him in god that you can make the valley of weeping a spring of joy hallelujah it does not end there the early rain also covers it with blessings Hallelujah the scripture is telling us that the valleys of weeping for a person set on pilgrimage to Zion we are all pilgrims to Zion by the way a christian is on a, on a pilgrimage you know that the bible calls calls us pilgrims by the way we are on a pilgrimage to Zion Zion is in our hearts it's in our heart now heaven is in my heart but we are on a pilgrimage to heaven you understand what it means The scripture says that valleys of weeping for a person set on a pilgrimage to Zion that is a Christian a born again believer he can it can be turned into a wellspring of joy and trials can become a place of blessing the early rain also covers it with blessings in your trial in the middle of your trial you can receive blessings I don't know how many of you can remember the blessings that you got when you passed through trials but I can very well remember in the middle of my trials I've received blessings not once not twice not thrice I've counted the number of times I've been blessed when I was passing through trials That's what the grace of God can do in your life right in the middle of trials when everything looks bleak it's empty nobody to help you're all by yourself nothing is moving nothing is changing but you have heard a word from god and you're depending on the grace of god and you're calling out to god lord help me grant me wisdom and he will give you the wisdom to make your valley of weeping a spring of joy and in the valley of weeping it'll become for you a place of blessing hallelujah, hallelujah. Now some of us are waiting. I'm just waiting for this to get over. I'm just waiting for this phase to end. Now I all I know that there are seasons in life. I've been through tough seasons, rough patches. Yes, I I know what you're talking about. But you cannot be waiting for the season to end. You ought to put an end. You ought to put an end to that season of trial. Call joy. Let's let joy spring forth. in the middle of the the valley of baka they go from strength to strength they go from strength to strength now some of you here you gone through a trial and you are saying 
I've had enough of it. Your, your energy is sapped. You're drained of any strength that you had. And you don't want one more trial. But here it says, when you go through the valley of Baca, springs of joy will come forth. Blessings will come, up, come upon you so that you will go from strength to strength. By the time you hit the next trial, you're ready for it. Because you know that every trial will end in a testimony. Every trial will end in a testimony. Why? Because the grace of God is what I'm depending on. Every trial that a Christian face must end, will end in a testimony. If you stop depending on yourself, there is. Now today we are so used to trials. We are so used to the, to the, you know, the troubles. And we make it a part of our lives. That we don't do anything about it. By the time the trial is halfway through, you're, you're dead. You're like a dead man. Not literally dead, but you're like a dead man. A dead person, sapped of all the energy. No joy. There's no gladness, no energy to do anything for the Lord. And some of, I, I know people have quit ministry because they've hit a trial. I personally know people have quit ministry because they've hit a trial. And they, they thought they cannot come out of it. Hallelujah. But as this says, you go from strength to strength. You, get, you go through a trial. It's making you stronger. Every trial that you face in life, Christian, listen to this. Every trial that you face in life is intended to make you stronger. It's intended to make you a stronger person in the Lord. More resilient. Valiant. Full of passion for the Lord. I hope no trial in life will, will douse, that's right, that's the word. Douse the, the flame of passion that you have for the Lord. But may it stir it up. As you go through trials, may the grace of God stir up. The grace of God stir up your passion to serve Him. Don't resign from the call of God because you're going through a trial. You come out of the trial with a testimony. The next time you're on stage, you come out, we stand with the testimony and declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if one trial is draining you of all strength, by the time you face the next trial, something is wrong. Something is wrong. If a trial is making you tired and weak, Something is wrong. The way you approach it, the way you go through it is wrong. You're not depending on the grace of God. You know why? Because the grace of God is inexhaustible. It's inexhaustible. You cannot exhaust the grace of God. So when you go through trials, if you're depending on the grace of God, you keep flying. You keep soaring. You go from strength to strength. You ascend. You make progress. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Some of you are facing situations that you've never faced before. It cannot be explained. It cannot be told to others. That's the kind of situation that you're going through. But I'm telling you, if you can depend on the grace of God, it'll cause you to rise above and so high and scale heights that you never dreamt of in your life. Hallelujah. Now I like that we sing these songs. I'm not backing down from any giant. You know that song? I'm going to see a victory. I'm not backing down from any giant. 
Because I know how this story ends. You must know how the story ends. The story of this trial is going to end in victory. Every story in your life is a happy story. It's got a happy ending. It's a joyful ending. And you command it. You cause it to spring forth. By the words of your mouth, you ask the Lord for wisdom. Uh, ask that your joy may be made full, even in that situation. Hallelujah. These things are spoken to you, that your joy may be made full. That my joy may be in you. That's what Jesus said. So even when, look, look at that. Even when Jesus was enduring the shame, despising the shame, enduring the cross, what was he about? What was he about? It was about, he was about joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. Hallelujah. Your trial is about joy. Your trial is about joy. It's not the value of baka. It's the value of joy, the spring of joy, the wellspring of joy. You will draw, you will draw from the waters of joy. And you will drink deep of his delight, of the rivers of his delight. The thing is, you know, we, 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 the problem is, we cannot be subject to the trials that we face. Our faith has to speak. You must allow your faith to express in words. And do not be intimidated. Do not be intimidated by the, the verbosity of the trials that you face. So many words are being spoken about it. So many opinions are coming forth. People are sharing their experience about it. Long-winded statements are being made about your trial. Advices are flowing. Everybody wants to teach. No, I will not accept teaching from, any, from anybody except the grace of God. And allow the faith of God that is in you to express itself. To express itself. Your, your faith has to speak about the the verbosity of trials. And then we, you know, we sometimes give, we, we sometimes decorate our trials with so many adjectives. It's a very bad situation. Very bad. When you go to the superlative, it's the worst kind of sickness that anybody can have. You're exalting it. Every time you talk about it, you're exalting it. It's really, really, really bad. There's nothing we can do about it. There is no hope. So you have decided everything. Your faith is not speaking. You're carried away by the, 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 the multiple words, the vocabulary of your trials. And you're using the vocabulary of your trials. Hallelujah. Unbelief can talk too much. Unbelief can talk so much. Doubts can speak a lot. Huh? Pain, that's right, pain. Pain can make your faith silent. If you allow it, that's, that is. Pain can make your faith silent. 
and cause groanings to come forth expressions of pain which will which will make things more doubtful and hopeless refuse to be taught by anything or anyone except by the grace of god if somebody has to teach you that person must teach you in the grace of god by the grace of god to be sober to be godly not to be rash not to things take things in your own hands if you are advising people this is on the other side of trial if you are advising anybody who is going through a trial impart sobriety to them impart righteous thoughts into them impart godliness into them don't make them rash with your suggestions if you're depending on the wisdom of the world you can pe make people rash and they'll go crash that's what will happen you you you're just hyping it up exaggerating and you're just you know, giving your advice heating things up pouring kerosene into fire or petrol whatever is more inflammable you're pouring that into fire and causing the fire to just go bizarre and the inferno will just 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 get so big and then you you will leave the person will be in the middle of a greater trial than he was facing you know why because you did not you did not impart grace that's why we we are we are taught let your speech be seasoned with grace that it may impart grace let your speech be seasoned as with salt that it may impart grace to the hearers if you're not imparting grace to the hearer speak nothing be mute be mute zip your mouth if anyone speaks let him speak as the oracle of god if any man speaks let him speak the utterances of god and i have chosen not to speak in situations and god has prevented me he will say don't talk anything now keep quiet and some sometimes that's what you're supposed to do because probably you don't carry the grace that they need at the dark or you don't know how to bring it forth so you wait till the right time comes and the the grace of god will flow through you to impart grace upon them let your words impart grace upon the hearers causing them to be sober to act righteous and to be godly even in the midst of a trial hallelujah amen if your faith is silent in the valley of weeping you're not going to make springs come forth if your asking is not going to happen in the valley of weeping springs of joy will not appear you have to ask you have to speak if your faith is not expressive if your mouth does not declare the utterances of god then your trial is not going to turn into testimony you got to speak you got to speak you got to speak and i told you this book of james is an action book it's about doing something and it's not legalism by the way many people think that okay at the moment somebody opens the book of james they think okay james is full legalism no no you you have to put things in perspective Now put it alongside with scripture you will realize that james is full of instruction for the believer it's it's as god breath as the rest of scripture
It is about practical living, everyday living, how to go about your life every day as you go through trials. It was written to the dispersion of the Jews, scattered in, in, in different parts of the world. Christians, Christian Jews, Jews who became Christians. And they're going through all kinds of mess. They're going through all kinds of trials. So James, by the Holy Spirit, wrote to them instruction. That this is how you ought to live. Hallelujah. Now when you encounter various trials, your faith is being tested. We read about that also in the next verse. When you encounter various trials, what is happening? The testing of your faith is happening. You know that? The testing of your faith is happening. And for some of us, it's a nightmare. Exams, nightmare. No, where is Anna, by the way? Okay. Sorry to... Sorry, Anna. Exams, huh? Nightmare. Test. Nightmare. You dread test. So that's how we approach the testing of our faith. But that's not what it is about. The testing of your faith. You know what it is about? It's about the, the searching for the evidence of genuineness. Okay? So they test it. It's like, you know, you... I don't know how many of you have seen this. I've seen this one time. You take gold to a shop. Like, for, for example, to sell or to exchange or something. You know, they take the gold that you bring and they test it. First, they, may, they will heat it. Okay? To get rid of all the dirt. And they will melt it and weigh it. So maybe you, you gave them a nice necklace or a, a chain or whatever it is, okay? But in a, in a few minutes, you will see it become like a, a piece of stone. Have you seen that? Anybody seen that? Some of you would have seen that. Some of you are looking very holy. No, we don't know what gold is about. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. So I, I, don't, I really want to know how he's going to make. Yeah, see, a lot of gold from Kerala probably might be taken there. Streets of gold, I'm telling you. That's a, that, probably that's the reason why Kerala is called God's own country. Kerala has the potential. All the jewelers here, no? It's the potential to make it streets of gold. Maybe we should tell the government to try it out. So now, if you know that your gold is real gold, you will not feel a pinch when they put heat on it. You will not feel a pain when they melt it, you will not feel anything when they take a hammer and do this on it. You know, it's going to weigh the exact same amount and will come out as the exact real gold that you gave them. The value will not diminish. Why? You know, it's pure gold. So you can stand near the, what do you call the, the goldsmith? Goldsmith, right? You stand near the goldsmith who's doing all that circus, you'll stand with a smile. Do it. Do whatever you want. I know my gold is pure. You can test it as much as you want. It's going to come back the same way I brought it to you. It's going to give you the same value that you thought it will give you. That is the testing of your faith. You know that your faith will not falter. You know that your faith will not fail. When your faith is tested, you know it is genuine. Amen. Why? Because it is not from you. Hello. You must know this. Your faith is not your manufacturing. Some of us Christians don't know that. Your faith is not manufactured by you. It is given to you by God. It is not from you, the Bible says. That too, not of yourselves. You have received the measure of faith. 
the measure of faith, the full measure of faith, the faith of the Son of God has been given to you. The faith that was in Jesus was given to you. I don't have to worry. Did the faith of Jesus work every time it was tested? Yes, it did. Anybody with a different opinion? Did the faith of Jesus prove genuine every time it was tested? Five people believe it was, yes. Okay, I'll wait for the rest of you. Think, if you have to think. Some of these difficult questions need a lot of thinking. Every time the faith of Jesus was tested, did it come back genuine? Okay, now ten people. I'm going to ask you one more time. Did the faith of Jesus prove genuine every time it was put to the test? Yes. That's better. But one more time. Did the faith of Jesus prove to be real and genuine when it was put to the test? Yes. So now what do you have to worry about? The testing has already done. The testing is already done. When Jesus went on the cross, the testing was done. It was tested to the limits. Okay? It was tested to the seven times or how many ever times. Heated up. Tested to the limits. His faith stood. Amen? That same faith is in you. Now the testing of your faith is not going to be a nightmare for me. You know why? Because it has already proven true. When Christ was proven true. The trials does not really affect me. It must not really affect me. When I'm going through a trial, I know this, the faith that is in me is the faith of Jesus, the faith which God gave me, the full measure of faith. It will work. The only thing I have to do is now cause that, way, cause that faith to work. To put it to work. Put it to apply it to your situation. It's like, you know, you take the gold and give it to the, the goldsmith. That's what you have to do. Okay, you want to test my faith? Here it is, tested. It's like, you know, standing in the queue of a government office, okay, and you have to get some approval. You know that all the documents are ready. Every signature, every piece of paper, every fee that has to be paid, everything is done. You have a file with the entire document set in order. By the time you reach the counter, when they ask you, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is, everything is ready, approved. Is that, is that a nightmare? Is that too difficult? The only thing you had to do was, was present the documents. Like that you present your faith in the midst of your trial. You present your faith into the face of trials. It'll come back proven, true, real, genuine. The same faith. This is the same faith that was found in Jesus, approved. That's how you go from faith to faith. And from glory to glory. The, the proof of your faith is not in the things that you attempt to do in life. It's in the words that you speak. The proof of your faith is not about what you do in life. It's about what you speak. With the heart, one believes. But with the mouth, he confesses. Believing happens in the heart. Confession happens with the mouth. And confession is not, I believe, I believe. That's not confession. Confession is saying the things which God says. See, the disciples, when they, when they were, a, a demon possessed was taken to the disciples, they tried to do copy exactly what Jesus did. They imitated Jesus. Did anything happen? No, they brought 
that person to Jesus and said, your disciples tried all the circles. They tried to imitate you, did too. Nothing happened. So what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? What was the reason why they couldn't do? Unbelief. They didn't believe. They did not have faith. So that's what I said. The proof of your faith is not in the things that you do or try to do. It's in the words that you speak. Command your joy. Command your joy. Command your joy. Consider it all joy means to command your joy. In every trial, command it to come. Command the, the spring of joy to appear in the valley of Baca. Command it and you will see blessings, rain coming down as rain upon your situation. Hallelujah. Did you receive something this morning? Five people received. Did you receive something this morning? Yes. Did you receive something this morning? Yes. Are you going to do something about it? Or are you sitting on the fence? Two people are not sitting on the fence. Are you sitting on the fence? No. Hallelujah. Do something about this. Apply the word. Apply the word. Amen. They make it a spring. You make it a spring. Man, not Elijah, not Elisha, not Paul, not uh, the lip. You make it a spring. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Can I see a joyful smile on your face? Smile at your neighbor. Just smile at your neighbor. It's good to see you smile. You look good when you smile. You all look good, very good when you smile. God has designed you to smile. I love that smile, auntie. I love it. A beautiful smile. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. God has designed you to smile. Tell your neighbor, God has designed you to smile. Tell your neighbor, you look your best when you smile. That's so romantic. I hope you are speaking to your husband, your wife, and they were paying attention when you said, you look your best when you smile. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us this morning. Thank you for clarity in your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are not called to be complacent. We are not called to be laid back. We are not called to be affected by anything. We are not called to be subject to the misery that we are facing. You have called us, Lord. You have endowed strength on us. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Blessed is the man who's got the grace of God working in his life. Hallelujah. In whose heart are the highways to Zion. In whose heart are the roadmap to Zion. Is the roadmap to Zion. Thank you, Lord, that we are believers in Christ Jesus. In our hearts is the roadmap to Zion, the highways to Zion. The instructions for Christian living is in our hearts. Thank you that we have the grace of God taking us from strength to strength. Even when we pass through the valley of Baca, we can make springs to come forth, springs of joy. 
in the valley of the shadow of death we don't have to fear any evil for you are with us your rod and your staff your grace and your mercy will comfort us thank you lord that you are stripping us of excuses thank you lord that you're giving us the 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 identity of a christian renewing it as in a, in a in us lord renewing it in us the identity of a christian the smile on our face which cannot fade is the glory of god the glory of god showing forth as smiles mirth joy laughter gladness restore joy restore the joy of salvation lord even as we respond to your word we pray that you will restore the joy of our salvation because you will not take your holy spirit from us you will not take thank you father let the joy of the lord manifest in us in our expressions in our in our speaking in our singing in our walk with the lord in our everyday chores we pray that the joy of the lord will manifest thank you jesus hallelujah rashanta masi igloorosi anto ramasi anta legrosi anta ranava shantana siti digabosi anto thank you father rikorona mashanta namasi ante rikara rabasi anta ranava shante si anto masante thank you jesus meluruno si anto rikoluruno si anta masi ante shi anta basante ligroshia tabasantana thank you jesus mekara namasi anto hallelujah thank you jesus thank you change the way we look change our continence change our continence with this revelation lord may people remember us for our smiling faces may people remember us for real joy may people remember us for our victories may people remember us for our testimonies thank you father the lord is showing me long seasons and the lord is telling me long seasons he's going to cut short he's going to cut short those seasons it almost looks like it's going not going to end you've almost given into believing those seasons are not going to end but the lord is correcting your understanding and is endowing you with power and grace to close that chapter what you speak what you decree will stand what you stay will remain you're going to script the ending of that story knowing the script of god you're going to script the ending of that story that end of the trial is going to go your way is going to go your way stand believing stand declaring man joy make spring the rain the blessings will fall down as rain it go from strength to strength and each of you will stand before your maker in victory in victory 
in triumph. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Give you glory. Give you honor. Give you praise. Praise. Come with the rest of the week into your hands, Father. Different things that your people do. You call them to do, Lord. We pray that they will prevail. They will prosper. They'll be found in good health. They'll walk in victory. The word that has come to them will change their week. Will upgrade their living. Will elevate them to a new standard of living. Will fill their homes with laughter and joy. Thank you, Father. Great peace. May great peace rest upon people. May the word of the Lord prevail mightily in the lives of your people, even this week. Let it be done to us according to your word. May it be done to us according to your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, this is Nishad Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.